No, it's Mick at Night. I'm Anna Olivier, cataloger, government documents librarian. And I am Craig Johnson, the media librarian. And we've created this podcast to keep you updated on all things happening here at the Mickelson Library and also to share some fun tips, resources, and useful information with you. Welcome, welcome to episode six of the Make It Night podcast. We're very excited tonight. Um, school is back in session. Everything is underway. Papers are being written. Research is being done. And now we're excited to talk to you about something really fun that you can do when you're when you're in between research papers. We have a board game collection by the front desk of the library. And tonight, Anna and I are going to talk to Justin Jund from the Mickelson Library about our board games. Our special guest tonight on the podcast is the library's own Justin Jund, who is our resident board game expert. Welcome, Justin. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) So our library collection of board games is kind of still new and still kind of growing, so we thought it would be great to have you come on board and give us some recommendations and tell us a little bit about it. So I know you are instrumental in helping get it started, so how did that happen? Um, Well, for many years I've played board games, and for many years I've worked in libraries, and I've always thought that the two should go together. and so I raised the idea to a couple of people about that being something we could actually do here if we had the space or if it's even feasible to do, considering it's a strange collection. And most of the feedback I got was pretty positive. So I started to reach out to various publishers. Um, I reached out to local area um, uh, sellers and other things just to see if there's any sort of feedback I could get on whether or not we could do it. And before I knew it, we had games coming our way and started developing a collection. Nice. So you mentioned that you've been playing board games for a while. What got you started in the board game world? Um, Well, I think like everybody, I started when I was young with the typical Monopoly, Candyland, et cetera, et cetera. But as I got older, I kind of put it by the wayside. I'd always been interested in geek-type culture-type things, but I wasn't really aware of the board game uh, culture until a random night over at a friend's house where he had a game called Catan, or Catan, whoever (laughs) you decide to (laughs) side with on how to pronounce that. Um, So I sat down and played with him. This was about seven or eight years ago, and um, immediately I disliked the game. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I thought that there was a whole lot of interesting ideas. I thought it was just unique that I'd never seen anything like this or even heard about something like this. So on one hand, I hated the game, but it was intriguing to me. And so I started to seek out other games in the 
that you couldn't just find at your typical Target or Walmart. And it turned out there was an entire board game store in my hometown devoted to these, what a lot of people call hobbyist games. So next thing I know, I'm spending all of my extra money on board games, and I'm running out of space in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting that uh, you had sort of a negative game experience right, to create right. your your game your first positive game experience. Correct, yeah. correct, yeah. And that's it, it, and that's just the thing about board gaming is that if there's something you don't like, there's usually something that start you start to develop a taste and you start to realize that these types of games are not for me, but these types of games definitely are for me. And then before you know it, you're leaning into a whole different side of it where you start looking for designers or styles of games and it's a rabbit hole, to say the least. <laughs> So which, which of the board games from the library collection would you recommend for those who are new to the board game world? Um, for new people, what we have here is we have a pretty good selection. So we have a couple of classics such as uh, Scrabble, Twister, uh, Taboo, and a few others. But I think it's worth everyone's time to look outside the box a little bit. And um, Pun intended. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> um, and try I always recommend Ticket to Ride as everybody's first foray into that you can find Ticket to Ride at any store these days it used to be a little bit harder to find but Ticket to Ride is a game that you basically put trains onto a map it's really easy to learn there's basically three or four different rules that you learn and everybody I've played with it really loves it so it's it's just super easy but it's also got some strategy and depth and it's just a good time, so. Good recommendation. I haven't played it yet, and like you were mentioning, the whole idea of different types and styles of board games is kind mm -hmm. of new to me. I grew up on Monopoly, Yahtzee, classics like that, and then I recently um, checked out one of our games here at the library, Ex Libris, and that was kind of my first foray, foray into um, kind of a more complex right, game. Right, right. So it took a little while to figure it all out, get it set up, but once I started, it was really fun. So Yeah, what's fascinating about that game is that falls into... So there's basically two major categories to board games. One is called Euro games, which are games that kind of come from the European side, which are usually more strategy-based and more complex, um, usually not a lot of luck involved. And then the other side of it is called Ameritrash. Ameritrash. <laughs> and it's called Ameritrash because it's based off on a lot of American um, themes. Um, so you have stuff like Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of dice rolling, a lot of randomness, dungeon crawling, that sort of thing. And that's associated with the Ameritrash genre. And they, they love, the people who play those games love to use the term. So it's not just <laughs> me talking smack about it. So. <laughs> So is there anything in our collection that um, could be geared towards more seasoned gamers that are looking for a challenge or a new game to try yeah. out? Yeah, so um, something that I think, if you're a little bit seasoned, you've probably played this one before, but Pandemic is a really great game because it's not competitive. Everybody's working together to accomplish one goal in the game. And in that game, there's diseases that spread through the entire world, and it's your goal to eradicate those diseases and save humanity. But everybody works together. Everybody takes turns, but um, the end goal is all the same. And so you're not fighting with anybody. And I think that's a really good way to get people involved with board games because 
I think a lot of people hate that feeling of being, you know, a sore loser or whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, you know. So how long would it take to play a game of Pandemic? What could it be done in an hour? Or? So the thing with Pandemic is learning the rules might be a little daunting at first, but I honestly think that if you take maybe 10 minutes to go on YouTube and learn how to play, um, you could finish a game of Pandemic in maybe 45 minutes. Okay. It can take longer than that if you're just learning the rules and going through that whole process, but um, typically anywhere between 45 to an hour and a half with that. So not too long. Yeah, that's not bad. I was thinking that might be an interesting game for uh, for some of the classes we have on campus. That's a good cool. one. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. So you mentioned going on YouTube for some help, and I'm yes. sure there's some other places online that... Yes. Uh, so, so the major resource for all board games is a website called BoardGameGeek.com. Um, they've been around for over 15 years, I believe. Uh, and I, although I recommend that that's the place to go if you want to learn about board games, I feel like when you click on that website, it's overwhelming. There's a lot of <laughs> words. There's a lot going on. But if you see a title that you see at I don't know, Barnes & Noble or Target or whatever the ma- place may be, you can go in there, type that into the search engine, and you can find all the information you want about that game. And it even tells you like the ages that it's geared towards, how long it takes to play the game, et cetera, et cetera. So it's incredibly useful. Yeah. So where else do you go to find new board game recommendations or suggestions? Um, so locally, we have a store called The Game Chest, which opened about a year ago. And it has been incredible for the community. It, I think a lot of stores have a tough time opening in communities this large because there's just not a lot of support for it. But Game Chest seems to be doing incredibly well. Um, the staff there is super supportive. If you know nothing about board games, you can walk in there and say, hey, I don't know anything about board games, but this is the audience that I will be playing with. And they'll give you recommendations. Um, there's also, like I mentioned, uh, Target. Uh, Barnes & Noble, they now have very large hobby collections. So it, it's definitely blown up into a space that definitely didn't exist before. So do you feel like board games are becoming more popular? Absolutely. By the day. By the day. Uh, in fact, on Board Game Geek, the number of users has increase exponentially every single year. Wow. And I feel like now more than ever you hear about it. I, I feel like even parents have heard about Ticket to Ride at this point. So it, it's, yeah, it's been really interesting to see people know, or Catan. That's the game that everybody's just like, oh, yeah. have you played Catan? And I always have to shake my head back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we all know Catan was not your favorite game. No, no. Do you have a favorite game? Yes. Uh, so my favorite game is by a designer named Stefan Feld. And that's another really dorky thing that board gamers get into is <laughs> who designed the board game because it become famous for a really good design and people anticipate what their next game is going to be. But uh, it's called The Castles of Burgundy, and it is uh, falls into that European category that I mentioned earlier. Um, it's a very strategy-based game. There's very little luck at all, but it's also pretty easy to learn, and I've played it over a thousand times at this point. So wow. I'm looking forward to a thousand more. so the games at the Mickelson Library can be checked out for one week Um, they can be renewed 
And so we have uh, some game clubs on campus, at least one that we know of. And they, so we... We're not sure if they exist we, anymore. We but. hope they exist, but we're <laughs> going to start one. So we're As gonna, of last yeah. year, they exist, but hopefully this year yeah. somebody's taking the reins We'll on make that sure one. that it gets started up again. Yeah. <laughs> we would like to grow our game collection. So if any of you listening have a favorite game that you think the library should have, feel free to tweet us, um, visit us on Facebook, come to the library and tell somebody what game you think that we should own at the library to check out. And if you're looking for recommendations, I'd be happy to help you. That's right. <laughs> so thanks, Justin, for joining us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for episode six of the Make It Night podcast. I wanted to remind our listeners that on October 9th at 7.30 p.m., we are having an author come to campus. The Library Associates is sponsoring our fall author event, and the great Charles Baxter is coming to town. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Students get in free. General admission is $5 for the public. It's going to be a fantastic evening. As always, you can find show notes and links to things that we discuss on our podcast on our website, library.augie.edu. You can also listen to past episodes there as well. You can find uh, Mick at Night on SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, and iTunes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a great night. Thanks for joining us. Okay, so tell us your name. My name is Justin (laughs) Jung. What were you doing last night from 7 to 9? playing Spider-Man on my PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> this might be used at the end for an outtake. Maybe used again.